This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. And we're coming to you. We've gone back to the virtual joint. My name's Billy Grant, and I'm sitting here with Laney in the joint, because to be quite honest with you, all the travelling we've done so recently, it's been, it's been too much for us. We've had to just sit back and relax a little bit, especially we're coming to the back end of the season now. We've only got a couple of more games to go, and uh, what an exciting season it's turned out to be as well. We've got two more games. We've got one away to Everton and then we're going to be playing Leeds last game of the season so we have no idea how many podcasts we've got left but we just thought tell you something let's just sit back and relax and we'll just chat and shoot the breeze about Brentford like I said to you my name is Billy Grant sitting here in the virtual joint I sat in the blow pub till very late after the Southampton game on Saturday I think I probably sat a little bit later than I should have done but I had a very nice time and yourself Laney how are you? I'm really well. Yeah, it was a really good day on Saturday. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, went around and just chatted to everyone. There seemed to be like a real air of calmness and uh, and the, the chill vibes pretty much all day. I, I'm not saying we took it for granted, but I think we were all confident that we would go into the game and, and do a job on Southampton. Uh, and after the game, um, it was it was just lovely. And the whole week's been good, to be honest with you. And, you know, the results last night meant that Brentford are now 100% mathematically safe. Um, we talk about, you know, we, we, we've kind of, uh, we've been confident that that was always going to be the case. But, you know, seeing it cemented is, 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 is a very proud and significant moment. Um, and the, the, the games all this week on, on TV, you know, whether it's the playoff matches, whether it's the premiership games, the relegation battle that's taking place and we have a big part in, it's just been, it's been great to watch. And, you know, knowing that we're, we're not part of, any any playoff nerves or, or any relegation nerves? It's it's a it's a lovely unique position, and I'm going to thoroughly enjoy these last two games, Bill. I have to correct you there, Lane, because I, I, I from what I can gather, we actually are involved in some relegation nerves. Okay, it's not our nerves, but it's the nerves of the teams that we're playing. We've got Everton and we've got Leeds, who are both in relegation problems, and they're playing us in the next two games. So we've got a big say in what happens to these two teams, haven't we? We have, yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's 
that's the kind of what I, I that's what I meant really that we're not we're not actually you know ourselves uh, embroiled in that situation. But yeah, it, it's incredible to to think that Everton and Leeds are the two teams that we've got a huge say in in, in their survival. Um, you know, we 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 can we can send one of them down. Um, you know, I, I think we will. I, I think you know. Um, I think the game at, at uh, New Griffin Park on, on Sunday week is 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 going to be a monumental afternoon. It's, the Leeds it's, game, that is. The Leeds game, yeah. I, I, it, I think I think literally, I, you know, if I'm a better man, I, I think we send Leeds down that day. Um, I think you know, seeing seeing them the way they performed against Chelsea, see the way they performed at Arsenal. Um, they they just they just can't buy a point for love nor money, and they they look terrible. Um, and we look far from terrible, um, so I, I, I predict it's going to be yeah, it's it's going to be uh, a, a, an afternoon to remember, Bill. Yeah, and talk about afternoon to remember. Like I said to you on Saturday, uh, had a lot of fun. And if you cast your mind back to the week before, you know I was actually in Florida and I recorded an international podcast. And when I say international podcast, basically we decided that everyone on the podcast bar Andy who was based in Manchester the Manchester United fan he was uh, based in Manchester but everybody else was in an international location including myself we had somebody in Tasmania we had somebody in Washington we had somebody in Holland we had somebody in Hong Kong and it was a proper international podcast now I think people are listening to that they say oh yeah well they're, they're football fans all over the world and they, they all that's, that just happens doesn't it yeah yeah it just happens and it does it's one of those things that does happen but the thing I love about Brentford is the fact that I turned up the following week and in the pub, I bumped into the Atlanta Bees, who were on the international podcast, and they had flown over specifically for the game. And then I bumped into the, the Dutch Bees as well, and they were also in the international podcast, and they'd also flown over specifically for the game. Then we had the Danish Bees as well. They'd flown over for the game. Then we had the Norwegian Bees as well. They'd flown over for the game. And there was a few other characters as well who had flown over for the game. So I think my point is the fact that this they may be international bees, but also... With Brentford, they don't care, man. They're quite happy to fly on a plane and come over and watch them play. And we've been seeing that for quite a few years, now, haven't we, Laney? Yeah, it was it was lovely to see them. Uh, you know, it, it just showed you. And I, I spoke about it last week. Was just how um, the beesdom it, it, it's infectious. It, it takes over, um, and there's something special and unique about Brentford Football Club that just you know. I, I think I, I think we are you know genuinely special um, and. For, for us to kind of become as infectious uh, to, to these people all the way around the world, um, you know, it, it, it speaks volumes, and you know, it's 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 a, it's a, it's it's something that's going to grow. I think the more and more people, uh, the longer we stay in this top flight, the more people find out about us, and the more Jaeger bombs that the uh, the Dutch bees drink. <laughs> my God! Oh did, my God! My yeah. God, Bill! There was, <laughs> I'm sure there were some hangovers on uh, on the Sunday, mate. That's right, on the way back to Holland. So, yeah, this is all good. So, it's really, really good meeting up with you guys again and girls again on Saturday. And like I said to you, I mean, the Atlanta Bees, they, they came over only for about five days, but fair play to them. Flew back on Tuesday. They said had an absolutely mind-blowing time. Ended up in East London. They did the other side of Brent, of, of London on the, on, the, on the following two days. They went over to the East London sides as well, and they loved their time. So, they'll be back next season, no doubt, as will everybody else. So, like I said to you, we might be actually something. We might have... Might, might do something, take something the close season. Like, I think you and me might have to have a little bit of shin yeah, chin. Like. We might we, have to go down the pub and we might come up with something let's for do, the international. Let's do something piece. for the internationals. And we've done, we've, that we've kind of conjured up a, a special edition, well, not special edition, but they're, they're, they're bespoke t shirts for for the overseas um, region. So, you know, the Brentford um, sort of 1980s style 
t-shirt design that we've got on, on the website with Premier League on, we all um, adapt it to have the city of, of, of where they live. So uh, a few of them have gone already, but you know Brentford, Brentford, and then Marseille underneath. If they, you know, for the Marseille lot, and then there's the Belgrade, um, and then we'll we'll do the ones for the US cities. So if you're if you're listening from around the world. Um, and you want a Brentford t-shirt with the city where you live um, and all your fellow bees when you'll gather up Chicago or Hong Kong or uh, you know Guadalajara we'll 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 get our guys to to, to make the t-shirt that's exactly um, for the city that you live in so uh, yeah so check out the Besotted website and um, the link will be there and then we'll tweet that out because we just we just come up with that and we just worked out with the manufacturer how we're going to do it so um, we'll be launching that this weekend all right okay we've also got um i'll tell you something as well last week on the podcast we talked about the the uh the, the collection for md mnd um motor neuron disease as well and we told you about it and to be quite honest with you lots of people were very very generous and they gave lots and lots of money outside the ground and also what's really nice as well they mentioned the fact that they heard that they're going to be doing the collection on the beside podcast as well so thank you everybody for donating actually you donated over 1700 pounds which is absolutely fantastic so like i said to you they're still taking money for that we're going to put the link in the de- uh, description box here as well but listen tip your hats to everybody for uh, for your contributions of that that's absolutely fantastic also later Greville's got a book apparently hasn't he? Yep Greville Waterman um, he's got uh, a new book out um, he's, he's been uh, forensically um, chronic, chronicling um, Brentford's Premier League journey this season um, his book is called Just a Bus Stop in Hounslow uh, and it's going to be out in July um, it's 400 plus pages um, Greville likes Greville likes to explain and um, he, his, his style of writing is, is excellent there'll be there'll be literally nothing that's happened this season that he won't be uh, he wouldn't have covered so yeah keep an eye out for that when it comes out in July that's all good so listen and then talking about well next season I don't know if we were talking about next season but we actually are going to briefly talk about next season now because we can actually talk about it officially there's a lot of people that didn't want to talk about next season until we were mathematically safe but now we're mathematically safe we can talk about next season Laney because um, we're back in the Premier League and we can look forward to the Premier League and um, and maybe there's a, quite a few bonuses for us being in the Premier League next season I mean for me the one bonus is the fact that we haven't and I keep saying that we haven't shot our gun this first season of the Premier League a lot of people saying oh Brentford didn't really spend enough money to stay up um, you know, we only spent only in vertical commas. I don't know. It's about 40, 40 million pounds or something like that. You know, so we didn't spend enough money to to stay up as it is. Aston Villa, as you probably know, they spent over one hundred and fifty million. Or was it three hundred million? I can't remember. A load of money in the first season, and also Fulham spent. I think they're the highest spenders. The season that they came up and got relegated immediately, but we didn't spend anywhere near that, and we're going to end up probably somewhere in the mid table. So. Uh, this is not the boast. This is actually kind of say to sort of highlighting the fact that more that we actually have got money in the coffers because uh, we haven't we didn't spend a lot of the was it Ben Rama money, Ollie Watkins money, all, all the money that we expected us to spend, we didn't spend that. Plus, we've got more money to come in it, Lane. Yes, it's you know I, th- I think we all um, queried you know the January transfer window whether we whether we'd left ourselves short in key areas um, you know but it's been, it's, it's been proved that we hadn't and uh, 
um, it's, it's put us in a very strong position this summer uh, on, on two fronts really one as you rightly say we've, we've got money um, money in the bank and then we've obviously got the windfall of a second season um, in the Prem but we've also had the extra time to kind of research the players that we want and the areas that you know we, we feel like we're, we're, we're light in we've also given players a whole season to, to kind of prove their worth rather than half um, and some some of the players that you know we, we kind of relied on or we brought in you know that they just needed that time to bed in you know Wieser's has proved you know his worth over the course of a season we know really what kind of role he plays and where he fits into the squad you know Christopher Iyer um you know, he's one of the players of the season. Um, I'm sure he'll get a lot of votes in the in the in the end of season polls. Um, he, he's he's proved his weight in gold, and you know we, we've got players that we've, we've brought in that really haven't played much much of a part. Like Frank and Yeka, um, you know, he needs that second season. So, you know. It, it, we, we do know we need to improve um, and you know we, we can be really confident and, and, and kind of excited I think that you know it, it should be a, a busy um, busy 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 close season I, I don't see any reason why it won't be yeah I mean definitely um, if, people, if you listen to this podcast quite a lot we did have a massive debate over the the, the, the window in January uh, I mean, one of the things, I mean, I was quite adamant about the fact that I thought that we were fine, the fact that we didn't buy any players in January, only because um, I think the situation is that you just don't want to buy someone because you panic, panic. You think, oh, let's just get anybody to fill the gap. So you buy somebody just because you can do, even though that person might not be the right person. And then what you end up having is somebody on a three or a five year contract, which isn't the, exactly the right person you want to have. And I think, and I said, I think I know Brentford, even at uh, January time, and we said this before, they knew that we weren't going to go down because they do whatever they do. And unless we absolutely fell to pieces, we wouldn't have done. So they were quite comfortable in not making the move for a player in January what wasn't the right player. I know that for a fact we did go for uh, at least two left-backs. Okay, one of them, like I said to you, went to, uh, went, one of them went to France and one of them went to Germany. And we went for them and we didn't get them. And we went, okay, tell you something we're not going to set off a substandard we'll wait until the the window in the summer to do it so the thing about it is that us as fans we get sometimes we get very 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 knee-jerky and we think that we need to do things and I saw all the social media in and around the January window saying Phil Giles needs to be sacked he doesn't know what he's doing blah 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 that the other then just four up weeks later he's like oh it's all about Christian Eriksen he's the one that saved us and it's just like well mm, Christian uh, did have another 10 players around him you know and they all did a great job but anyway the point is that we have got Money in the bank. Uh, it's good that we, they made the right moves. And I'm actually looking forward to see what they do in January. Because we, you know, and I know, Laney, that they do need to make signings. But I think also the fact is that they know even more that they need to make signings. And I think the fact is, like I said to you, Christian Eriksen being in our side and playing as he's done and showing what a difference he can make, the type of player that he's at. If we don't get him, we know the type of player that makes a difference to our side. So they need to sit there and say, you know, OK, we need a player like this. It's not going to be Christian Eriksen, but we kind of know the type of players that tick. So I think for us, it's a bit of a, a try it out and see what see what the next season is going to be very, very, very interesting. Um, I'll tell you something as well about interesting. I mean, we talked about this briefly last season, but the team's coming up. I mean, we've got the playoffs in the championship coming now. We already know that Fulham and Bournemouth 
are up so looking forward to going there I mean it's going to be a bit of a lottery trying to get a ticket for the Bournemouth game as you know I mean it's going to be as difficult for us to get tickets for Bournemouth as it is for most teams to get tickets for Brentford I know Liverpool fans that said to me it was easier to get tickets for the two Champions League finals than it was for getting tickets for Brentford like you know so Bournemouth's going to be interesting and also Fulham they've got their big new stand which they're charging people a thousand pound a year for a season ticket for as well I don't even know it's in the new stand but they've got they've got a thousand pound a year season tickets at Fulham and that's before they got promoted to the Premier League so uh, that's going to be interesting I'm very much looking forward to the Fulham but the other teams coming up Laney there's four teams in there who are vying for the uh, for the, the the last place in the in the in the in the Premier League now which which one which ones are the the, the tasty battles there and which one are you going for they're, they're, they're two really tasty battles. I mean, obviously, Luton seem to be the surprise package. They're, they're the you know the least fancied in terms of the stature and the size of the club. And you know, there's a lot of people going Luton in the Prem. You're having a laugh, but you know they've got history. They've been in, they were in the top flight um, in the 80s and the early 90s, I believe. So you know they they've got top flight um, you know pedigree. Um, Huddersfield, they were there um, a couple of years ago, so you know it's, it's a, it would be a fairly quick return. But, but they really went through, and they almost got relegated last season into the third tier. So that's that's kind of some um, bounce back by them. Uh, Nottingham Forest have been resurgent under um, under under Steve Cooper. Um, you know, there's beef there. I mean, they're the team probably because of him. That I, I don't, I don't want to come up, but it's a, it's a, it would be a great away day. And Sheffield United again. You know, this they, this is like their their bounce back season. But one, um, they they they've been in the top flight fairly recently. Um, so they're they're two really tasty, you know, tyres. And obviously Sheffield Wednesday blew out this week. In, in their playoff game, so Sheffield as a city have had you know it's been a it's been a really successful season for them. Um, but you know my my hunch, I, I got a feeling that Sheffield United are going to come up if I if I'm so, honest. All right, so Sheffield United are playing Nottingham Forest uh, on Saturday as well, and Huddersfield are playing Luton on Friday night as well. So you so your final you reckon is going to be Sheffield United versus who? Laney? I'm going Sheffield United Luton actually. Um, okay. Yeah, I think I think Luton have got enough about them. They've got a real spirit there, um, and I think that's going to be hard to beat. That's amazing as well because remember that we actually put them down on the day, final day of the season, the Andy Scott era when we did when we sang Andy Scott for about four hours straight in the Globe afterwards, like you know after um, putting Luton down. So Luton got relegated to the, non- the, the conference, yeah. non-league. That's right, at our place, and, then, and now they are sort of vying for the championship. And like I said to you, you American listeners out there, that is the beauty of our game. You can have teams who are in the Premier League, the top league like Luton, who were, and they dropped all the way down to non-league. Five leagues they dropped down and then they've gone back up again, you know, for various reasons as well. So that's going to be quite interesting. I also saw Luton Town play AFC Wimbledon at Manchester City um, in the playoff game for the team whoever won that got got put up from the from the non-league to the football league to Division Two and Luton lost on penalties to AFC Wimbledon. I was at that game and our boy Sav has just done a documentary for Wimbledon as well, very similar to the Push Up Brentford documentary as well. You should check that out. It's going to be out very very soon. But um, yeah, it's just worth checking out because it's a, it's an amazing story, the AFC Wimbledon story. I know a lot of people are not happy with AFC Wimbledon because of various things, but I'd say from a fan's perspective, the fact that the, the team existed in one manner and then they said they were going to move them X miles away and the fans said we're not having this and they went somewhere else and formed another club 
on a common somewhere and then it rose up all through the ranks from the very bottom football league nine divisions below or something like that all the way through up I think it's an amazing story so you should check that out well done Sav on that little documentary there and a few of my mates in there like uh, Jonesy and Chris Phillips who used to be on Kiss FM if you remember them he's on that all over that documentary what else is going on for next season Laney I'll tell you something what else what are you what are you I mean we've got the World Cup and we'll talk about the World Cup later because we've still got a few months to look forward to that as well but what what else are you looking forward to or what might be different for you next season do you think Laney are you going to be changing anything different no not that I've thought of I mean I, you know I, I, I'm obviously massively looking forward to it and you know paid for the season ticket so you know that's 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 all done and out of the way um, I am you know I've, I've mentioned this on there before I am actually waiting for a pre-season tour to be announced um, you know I, I am expecting Brentford to be invited somewhere quite juicy I think so um, I'll, I'll certainly I'll certainly be up for a bit of that bill um, but um, you know we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens I, I, you know I'm, I'm what I'm really focusing on at the moment is you know it's going to be a big weekend in Liverpool um, and then you know it's going to be a big big um, celebration um, you know after before and after the Leeds game you know seeing the season out um, and seeing my team Brentford uh, do so well in the top flight is something I've waited a lifetime for so I'm actually just going to concentrate on the here and now and uh, enjoy these last two weekends with my mates it's been a brilliant season travelling up and down the country with you and all the people um, all the Besotti crew and, and people coming up to us everywhere we go and just saying thank you and appreciating you know the podcast and, 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 the, and the tweets and all that kind of stuff you know we, we do it because we love doing it but we you know we, we it's lovely to be you know rec- not you know not recognized as such but it's lovely that people come up to us and just you know share, sharing it with us because it's not it's not all about us it's, it's it's something we do and we've always done for for everyone so yeah you're all part of it um everyone's part of the Besotted crew and um if, uh, if you if you fancy sharing a drink with us over up in Everton or before and after the the uh, the Leeds game, it'd be brilliant to see you. Yeah, yeah, and for and for me, you know, I'm saying the same thing as well. I mean, I've I've been, you know, I've had a mad season, as you know, great season. I decided to do a hundred percent if I could do this season, and uh, even even managed to slip out the country and back again and not miss a miss a game which is real good I've done every single league game every single cup game every single minute of the season so far and I'm saying that touch wood because obviously things can go horribly wrong at t- um, times yeah, every no. single yeah. minute Bill um, Norwich first off Ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I did, I did. Well, but to be fair, were you at Norwich, Laney? Yeah. Um, but but I, but, I, but, I, but I did watch it on the train on the way down there. And to be fair, you've got to give us, you've got to give us the plaudits for actually, always, mate, actually always. making it down there as it is. But you know, but but so I was down there for every single game. And like I said, Touchwood. Uh, as long as I make it up to Liverpool on time at the weekend, my daughter's got a cup final on Saturday morning as well. They're in the final of the cup, which is all good. Then after that, we're jumping on the train going up to Liverpool watching the cup final up in Liverpool Liverpool versus Chelsea cheering on Liverpool of course and then on the Sunday we've got the Liverpool game the Everton game so fingers crossed I'll be there and then the Leeds game that'll be 100% but I have to admit I've made a decision that next season um, it's not going to be as potty for me next season I'm not going to go to every single game and I've already done that by booking I've already booked my holiday I never book a holiday you, you know remember those days I always have to wait until the fixtures are announced then you try and book a holiday but this time I've actually booked I've gone straight in Laney straight as soon as the schools are finished boom straight in and I've booked a holiday for three weeks which means I've, I missed the start of the season which is actually a week earlier this season it's actually uh, it's actually on the 6th of uh, August Ooh. and I'm, I've thought nah I'm going to miss it I'll, it's just, I'll, uh, I'll loyal 
exactly yeah exactly <laughs> loyalty bonus points as well but i just thought i've got to get into that mode straight away so that'll make me you know, do that and you know if it's yeah, man united away or whatever it is i don't mind which is all good and as you probably know as well i've actually started my own girls football club as well so i've actually started a girls football team with another brentford fan darren darren out there as well we decided to pull the ejector button from where we were before because there are some very seriously horrible nasty things going down tell you what though i'm not going to talk about it too much because it's actually quite quite long and quite dark but uh, i know there's a lot of you out there that will know all about this the the, the grassroots football game you got your sons and your daughters playing grassroots football and you entrust the people running these clubs to actually be doing the right thing now there's a lot of good people very good people doing stuff in grassroots football but there's also there's a lot of people that shouldn't be there at all and there are a number of people who encourage not only encourage bullying but they tip their hats to the bullies because they're the best players in the team and they will actually turn a blind eye and uh, they'll allow things to happen, which uh, happened to my daughter as well. You know, she's been on this podcast quite a lot and she had a, a really pretty nasty year. And so did a few of her friends as well, not only from the bullies themselves and the team, but also from the people running the club. The atmosphere got so toxic. So uh, <laughs> halfway through the season, about half a dozen parents came up to us and said, look, we're going to get out of here at the end of the season. Why don't you start a club up? Myself and Darren thought about it because we've both been watching Brentford and seeing them in the Premier League doing very well. And we stopped with we thought, actually, all right then. So we set up this club called Barnet Panthers. It's based in North London. Like I said, the ethos is bully-free. It's run by people who absolutely love football as well. They want to get people into football, get girls into football, but also it really involves a community. So everyone is involved in the club. So that's why it's really, really exciting. And if you know anyone in North London with their kids, their girls who want to play football, have played football or want to get into football, just find us on social media. You'll find us, Barnet Panthers, on all the socials where you can get hold of us through the podcast so obviously Saturday mornings are going to be a bit of a juggle for me actually because I'll be on the touchline you know sort of coaching girls football as well before making my way down to bees but it's actually quite an exciting moment like I said to you for us because it's very new it's actually a lot of hard work setting up a grassroots football team as well and there's a lot of politics involved I can tell you that so uh, if, if you see us you know follow us on social media not very active on social media yet because we haven't really done that much but Barnet Panthers is what we're doing and I'm very much looking forward to that well, next Bill. season yeah, nice one, yeah. Bill. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'm actually quite excited, actually. So we had a little launch party the other day. Actually, we had about 50 parents down, and uh, we just basically hogged the bar for about four hours, which is uh, just sounds like we're down the globe on a Saturday afternoon, which is all good. Yeah, there you go. So I say thank you very much to the globe for your contribution as well to the Panthers. I very much appreciate that as well, which is all good. But anyway, we've talked quite a lot about things. Stuff. We're going to go and cast our mind back to Saturday when Southampton were actually quite a good side came down to new griffin park which is actually quite a nice stadium and we gave them a right good thumping it's a good old thumping that was we're going to go away have a drink we're going to come back and we're going to talk about southampton so saturday southampton at new griffin park three nil to the mighty mighty bees mathematically we were almost safe we needed a few results to go right for us in the weekend but anyway listen we're going to go to the fans to hear what they had to say after the game in the stands and in the pub. It was a, it was a really nice game today. You know, fair play to Southampton, they came to play football, they attacked. But Brentford was just clinical today. A lot of confidence. I like the front line as well. I like the Visser in there with Brian. And I thought that Tony had one of his best games for a while. He's clearly well up for it. Fantastic game, though. Really solid performance from the Beast. Um, Matt's back. David Ray had a lot of work to do. Saints had a lot of chances, but they just couldn't, 
couldn't get one in the net, but we took our chances and we just really deserved the win. Really deserved it. Safe in the Premier League next season. Let's go, you beast. We've still got a big part to play in the relegation battle. We've got Everton away and Leeds at home and we can have a big say in what the future of the Premier League is like. An all-round comprehensive performance today. Can't fool the boys. It's been a fantastic season. Bring on Leeds on the final day of the season and let's go on from here next year. Europa League, here we come. Oh, wow, what a performance. Um, two early goals was lovely eh, for once. Enjoyed that. Um, never in danger. Happy days, eh? Falls to three points. Unbelievable. What a... yeah. Proud, proud, proud. Just where we were 2-0 up out of nowhere. We seem to play in patches where we uh, just kept creating clusters of chances. And um, it just meant that um, they had loads of possession, but we just kept creating chances that were really dangerous Like every time we came forward. So at half-time, I saw the game. What's this score going to end in? It's surreal to be here. Everybody's been terrific. It's been a crazy game. Gonna ask for a better game. Which Christian Eriksen had a little bit better of a game, but I can't ask for much more than what we saw. Once we had the three uh, 0 getting towards the end, it felt felt really good. Felt positive, and we're staying up. And I have to say, Pontus does his fall, but the whole of the time, the championship gets to the Premier League, and suddenly it's a goal machine. So that was brilliant. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It was one of them weird games, wasn't it, where we played really well but not very well. Um, in the we created loads of chances, but when it came down to it, you know, we didn't um, we didn't I mean, we didn't have control of the game really. But we, the, I mean, you know, we talk about XG and stuff like that. But I'm sure we were way way higher than Southampton. We created the quality chances. We let them have the ball a bit. I mean, and, and to be honest, we just held them back. Going two 0 up is massive, isn't it? In the, in these sort of games because you're not stressing. You're, and you just keep picking them off and you keep picking them off and in the end you score a third goal. Yeah, I think it's a case of game plan 100% works because that's ex- clearly what they were planning to do and that's exactly what happened. And, you know, luck went our way this time and, well, it wasn't just luck, we deserved it because, like, the game plan works and uh, we got the goals and happy days. We blitzed them with those two goals in a minute and uh, Christopher Ayers, uh, the third goal, towards the end of the game was just the cherry on the cake. Um, we, 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 we got revenge today on Southampton. Yeah, yeah, You know you make me want to shout. Bees. Shout. Bees. Shout. Bees. Shout. Bees. Anyway, I must have, enough of that, sorry. <laughs> what a great result. Fantastic. I'm so elated about this season. These guys are heroes, all of them. We have got quite a great resilience about us at the moment. I tell you, I don't know what it, I don't know. When the, the fans are starting to think we need to get these goals, but we've got resilience at the back now in the midfield. We are actually delivering. I mean, it's been a fantastic last few games at home. I mean, the West Ham game, 2-0, the Burnley game, and today 3-0. What a fantastic return we've had on our home, you know, home soil. There you have it, the fans in the stands and in the pub. I'm very, very happy. Indeed, that Southampton game, that was very relaxing and it was one of those ones where, again, not at any point in that game did you think we were going to lose, especially as we scored quite early on, I think the 13th and the 14th minute. But even then, uh, I mean, if you look at it, we you know, we had, we had, some, we had some proper chances. I mean, if you look at the... Um, the XG, and I know Will, the spreadsheet winker, isn't on the show this time at all, but you know we've got that information to hand. Brentford 3.01 to Southampton, 
1.32 and it's interesting because Southampton got 1.32 so they kind of like created all these chances but they didn't create they only had one chance like 10% which is that Walprouse free kick I think it was on the edge of the area but everything else on that was smaller than that but they sort of created sort of loads and loads and loads of tiny little chances which all added up to like kind of sort of a reasonable amount of uh, of, of effort or, or decent effort you know overall but Brentford oh mate we were we were on it this game 3.01 we had massive chances not only the goals because if you look at the goals that we scored those goals were literally kind of like almost 60 yard boxes as well um, other than the Wieser goal which I think was a bit further out but we also had chances to put the ball in the back of the net which we didn't take we had Jensen who had an early chance as well which he should have scored I think we had Wieser who had an early chance as well, um, as well, which he didn't score as well. I think the Wieser chance was about 61%. The Jensen chance was 50. So basically 50, one in two of Jensen's chances normally go in the back of the net and he missed that. Wieser is a six out of 10 normally go in the back of the net and he missed that one as well. You know, so the IS chance was 39%. You know, uh, Pontus Jensen's was 43%. So almost one in two of those go in the back of the net as well. You know, we had smaller chances like Norgard had 10%. Bumo had a 9% as well. So, but there were sort of quite close into the area so you know those chances could any chance gone to the back of the net so the, the thing that sort of kind of came for me is that we seem to be back on there's two things creating um really good high quality chances they call it in the xg game which is you know high quality chances good chances chances you know which to be kind to you decent striker should put the ball in the back of the net but also the other thing is that our defense at the moment now is back to where we were at the beginning of the season which is proper solid in it laney yeah it was it was really impressive um we we, we sacrificed our our leading goal scorer um ivan tony to to be um you know to to, to get onto far far post crosses and free kicks and he was playing that pinnock role of peeling off the last defender, getting the headers back into the danger area as well. If you notice, it was it was a tactical masterclass. I think you know we gave up a lot of possession. We we, we allowed Southampton the ball, um, but we stopped them creating anything huge. As you you know as you rightly explained, the the XG um, is, is a perfect example of of, of 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 how that works. And if you carry on doing the right things, you get your rewards. And that's what we did. We we stuck to creating big chances on the break, and we we did look really potent, Bill. Um, you know, it it could have been five five or six, really. You know, on a different day. Um, and 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 you know you're right. You know that Jensen chance before we actually opened the scoring. Um, I think that set the tone. You know we 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 did soak up quite a lot in those op- opening moments, and we thought, oh, hold on a minute here. Um, Southampton are, are really decent, but you know as soon as we as soon as we switched the switch the flick, you know flick the switch rather from defence into attack, we we just literally literally stretched them. And uh, you know, I, I, it was it was a very very impressive performance, and you know, a, a different one to kind of the one we we get sometimes. But I think Thomas Frank and the coaches and the players they they executed that almost perfectly. And I mean, looking at the the, the top performance for Brentford as well, Christian Norgard is always up there, great player. You know, he's top of the pile there, according to where uh, to who scored what eight point six. You've got Ayer with eight point three. You've got Pontus up there, Ivan Tony and David Ray as well, top top players for Brentford. But I thought also, Laney, 
Risa was on fire. I mean, the way that he, you know, he, he's such a skillful player. And the way that he, first of all, uh, the way that he was, did he set up the goal as well? But the way that he scored his goal as well, where I think uh, Christian Eriksen, he went down and I thought he probably could have got a foul for the, he got, I think he got double tackled by two yeah. people sort of kind of tackled him and it, was, it looked like a bit of a no, foul. referee but, played advantage, didn't they? Or he allowed well, no, no, I'm saying he did, yeah. but referee didn't even play the advantage because Risa was so quick, mm. he just got in there and went bing, bing, boom, bang. And he weren't missing about. And I think that Visa is a kind of player who he's got this close control and he's able to sort of kind of weave in and out, like, you know, like, it was like the eye of a needle type thing. And he's, he's, he's actually a very, very dangerous player and he's getting better. I mean, there's some people thinking that he's having, it's obviously his best games for Brentford, you know, as of late. And, you know, give him a close season and, and give him next season, he could be a very, very dangerous player, couldn't he? Yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying there. I think you know, in those advanced positions, his reactions um, are, are, are superb, and you know, he clearly has, has got a, a finish in him. You know, we've seen that all season. He pops up and gives us goals. I did, I did find him frustrating in in, in other areas. Um, I think he ran into cul-de-sacs, and I, th- I think he ran into defenders, and he gave the ball away quite a lot. But um, you know, that's that's. The area of his game we're probably still working on. It's, it's, it's probably not his natural. It's not his natural kind of uh, comfort zone. So next year, next year, I, I think we see um, a, a very different, um, uh, a better equipped player for the Prem. But he's, he's equipped already, mate. I, I think there's a lot more to come from from Johan Wiesa. Yeah, and just looking at this game, we created a, a high number of chances relative to our possession. And also goal-scoring opportunities through individual skill and from long-shot situations. And we also created goal-scoring opportunities from counter-attacks. We created goal-scoring opportunities from set pieces and we were strong at finishing. But once again, we gave away a lot of free kicks around the box. And it seems to be like Groundhog Day every week, isn't it? That's kind of what we do. You know, uh, do, you think it, do you think it's one of those things where we just like tell you something, we just, we just give away the free kicks around the box better than them scoring? Or do you think it's something that we need to work on, Lainey? Um, I don't know. I, I, I think I think we asking for perfection is probably you know too much. Really, you know, I, I, we're up against teams that are, are decent, Bill. You know, that they are going to create chances. So, you know, I, I, I think that every team in the Prem has got world class player or at least one world class player in their ranks, and they're they're going to ask questions. So, you know. I, I just think that we have to just make sure that we, we've got a goalkeeper like David Raya there, um, who's able to kind of, uh, you know, he, he pulled out some some really really perfect uh, handling saves. You know, a couple of full strengths. He, he wasn't spilling anything. Um, I, 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 I think asking for perfection is probably a little bit too far. And I, that's, you know, we talked about excitement and us not being Man City. You know, I, I think. You know, how we react to being under pressure is, is part of the excitement of watching Brentford. And, and interestingly, we, we attacked through the middle. Um, we had a high shot frequency when in possession. And, and we also favoured long balls. Now, it's interesting that high shot frequency when we're in possession, because we talked about this before. We were sort of saying we're not shooting enough. We're not doing enough when we actually get the ball, where it looks like, you know, we've, t- turned, we've turned this around. Um do you think maybe, again, this is something, you know, where Christian Eriksen's gone in there saying, come on, listen, you know, come on, guys, when you get the ball here, instead of taking that extra touch, we need to do a bang and just let loose. Yeah, uh, I, I also think that we're playing with a little bit more um, calmness and relaxed kind of fluency. Um, you know, we, we, we've 
success breeds success, and you know, w- winning um, gives you that swagger back. You know, now we now we're seeing a team that's kind of got got confidence coursing through its veins and you know they know they can score there was times this season where you know it, it looked like you know, we couldn't buy a goal couldn't buy a point couldn't buy a win now um you know we, we, we and the pressure's off us you know the pressure's been off us since Norwich really um and it it, it, it you know the, the 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 fruits of that are there for all to see and obviously you know obviously Ericsson is a big part of that um, you know his, his vision and his and his passing and his crossing is, is superb, but we've also got players that are kind of you know back on their A game again, um, and there's you know pretty much everyone's fit, so it's it's you know all of those things combined to a Brentford team that's happy to take a shot where before they might have wanted to walk it in. Yeah, indeed. And Southampton, they were effective at creating goal scoring opportunities from set pieces, and that was it. Uh, they were poor at finishing. So uh, so that kind of gives you the vibe between the two. I'll tell you something as well. I'm going to go back to this now. And it's not because you're going to go, nah, nah, look, you got it wrong. But it, I say it's always really interesting to go back to listen to the podcasts at the beginning of the season when the so-called pundits who seem to know everything, but they don't really because most of them just make it up. They start to about, talk about their predictions for the start of the season and what their thoughts are on X, Y and Z. It's always really interesting to, just to go back to listen to what they have to say because the, the one thing about pundits, they talk very, very, um, not, not earnestly, but they talk about it with such confidence like they actually know stuff but at the end of the day it's, it's just confidence in the way that you actually orate as opposed to having the knowledge and uh, like I said to you it'll be really interesting to hear what their thoughts are and, and, and what their thoughts are on us at the beginning of the season before the season started as well so uh, which is which is all good but anyway listen um, tell you what we're going to do um, we're going to go over to JB because JB has got some more facts and fun he, he did actually highlight the fact to me it's the penultimate facts and funk, even though we might get a little bit more pro, uh, post-season facts and funk from him. We're going to go to JB and see what he has to say about his facts and his funk. Are you ready for this? I told you it was coming. Who? JB. And he's ready to stock it to you one time. Uh, get it. Hello, Jonathan Birchall here again. Saturday saw Pontus Janssen score in the 13th minute, and Johan Wisser 61 seconds later. Not only were they the closest goals we've scored this season, but they also became the fastest Premier League goals we've scored at home, beating Sergi Canos' 22nd minute effort against Arsenal in the opening fixture. In our 36 Premier League games, Southampton have been the only side to score four past us, and the 3-0 win equalled out the goal difference from that 4-1 defeat. Not content with keeping a clean sheet, we had two defenders score, something we haven't done since John Egan and Andreas Belgian netted against Nottingham Forest in August 2017. That clean sheet was also our fourth in succession at home. The last time we achieved that was a decade ago in 2012, in the third tier when Richard Lee kept out Rochdale, Oldham, Bury and Notts County. Pontus has only missed one league game this season and captained us in every other one. Jake Bidwell also only missed one league game as skipper in 2015-16, but you have to go back to season 75-76 for an ever-present captain. Then in the fourth tier, for all 46 league games, plus all seven cup games, manager John Doherty selected Paul Bentz as skipper throughout the season. So there you go, JB, Jonathan Birchill, who's also got a book out, a pub on each corner. 
I believe it's called, or is that Revel's book? Um, <laughs> well, everyone's got everyone's got a book out. Everyone's, I've got I've, I've got I've got another book coming out, but I'll, I won't I'll, I won't confuse everyone. I'll tell you about that in a couple of weeks. But uh, uh, go, go with JB. Just go with JB. We put in the information thing. You'll see JB. Just click on it, and he'll tell you about his book. I'm, I'm sure his is called a. Yeah, pub he's, he's, he's a pub in every corner. Yeah, he's, he's just kind right. of a fact, facts book without any funk. And then, that's right. Yeah. That's right. We put a bit of funk in there, but it just yeah. dropped out at the <laughs> back end. But it was all good, you know. But anyway, JB talks about clean sheets, and like I said to you, defensively we're looking all good at the moment now. And also, Captain Fantastic, Pontus Janssen. It's, it's interesting because I didn't because Pontus was out, you know, quite a bit. He had a few injuries. I think it was last season, wasn't it? Um, yeah. But I didn't actually realise he'd only missed one game. Did you? Because I thought he'd missed a few more than that. But no, he's, I think he's only missed one game. Yeah, I think the one game that he did miss, I actually rem- really remember him not being in that game and that just made me think that he'd been out for a while. Yeah, no, I, 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 he's been really consistent, hasn't he? You know, he, he's, he's really, you know, he's really coming to his own. Um, he's revelling in, in being in the top flight and he, he, he doesn't look doesn't look out of place at all. So uh, it'd be interesting to, to, to see how we sort of... Uh, you know, bolster that defence, and or, or if we do, you know, we've, we've talked about lefts and right backs. Um, you know, Mads Beck Sorensen is another one that's just you know he's turned from boy to man in, in the last season. Um, you know, so it's 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 you know we've got Zanker that's, that's there as well. He's, he's not he's not done anything wrong since you know since he arrived. Um, it, it, it's it's another one of those like what's going to happen to the to the backline during during the summer, um, you know because when we're on when we're on when we're on our A game there's there's not a lot not a lot wrong with it is there? No, and talking about Pontus Janssen, and I know we're getting a bit previous here. We're getting a little bit early, but uh, last game of the season against Leeds, because obviously he was a big player at Leeds, and then we left, they gave him a bit of a boo, but then a lot of my Leeds fans say, actually, we really like Pontus. And if I remember rightly, Pontus scored against us in the last game that Brentford played against Leeds, I think, before they got promoted. Or, or maybe it might not be in that one, but we, he scored at, at Ellen Road anyway, in that one-all game. I think it was one-all game that um, Dean Smith's last game um, last game for Brentford, so I think yeah, we played him another season after that. But yeah, he scored against us then. Um, Pontus Jensen. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting a bit ahead of myself here, but you know, against Leeds, mm, do you think he'd probably like to score a goal against them, or do you think he'd probably rather not? Um, I think he'll probably prefer to leave it to others to score four or five than, than him getting one. Um, <laughs> you know, of, of course, of course, he's very, you know, he's very much a Brentford player now. You know, let's let's, let's he's a professional footballer. Yeah, he probably enjoyed some of his time at Leeds. It didn't end particularly brilliant for him, um, but uh, you know, it's he's he's played the best football of his career at Brentford, and you know, he doesn't he doesn't owe Leeds anything. I don't think he's he's been able to he's been able to sort of blossom and turn into a, a top flight footballer um, at Brentford. So his his reasons for leaving and his reasons for. For, for coming to the bees have been absolutely uh, vindicated, and um, you know he's 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 not he's not struggled. He, he looks every bit a, a quality defender. Um, so I don't think he's got anything to prove against Leeds. He just want to beat them. Definitely. So anyway, we're going to talk about that after the Everton game because we really don't. Yeah. Me and Amy got this anti-jinxing thing going on, which we'll probably tell you about another time, probably after the season's over, because it was quite bad actually. Well, there's a jinx up at Leeds where the fluff took place. But anyway, we won't talk about that now because what we're going to do, we're going to go away, we're going to grab ourselves a little drink, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Everton. 
So we're up to Everton at the weekend and for some bees it's going to be a big weekend as well like I said I'm up on Saturday after my daughter's cup final then we're going up on the train going to hang out in Liverpool to watch the FA Cup final Liverpool versus Chelsea should be a right good laugh all our chums I was on the um well, I was on the Anfield Rap podcast earlier today and they were like oh yeah oh no we're all going down on the coach down to, to London for the FA Cup final so they're all going down while we'll be up there you know, so uh, but I think the Liverpool fans will probably be back in time to watch the Everton Brentford game on Sunday afternoon. So uh, we might even catch them for a few resherbets after the game, actually, because uh, seeing as it's a, a late kickoff and uh, we've got all sorts of train shenanigans, we might have a bit of drinking time after the game. But anyway, we're going to talk more about the game, or actually, tell you what, we're not going to talk about the game. I'm going to go over to Connor Williams from the Toffee Blues podcast because we need a bit of info about Everton. How? easy or difficult is this game going to be how many problems have they got do they think they can get out of relegation what do they think of the chances against them against Leeds all that kind of stuff Connor let us know what you're thinking hi I'm Connor Williams from the Toffee Blues YouTube channel Uh, I'm recently been doing content on my club for the first time uh in where they're in danger of being relegated it's the first time in my lifetime i can remember us being in this much danger uh it's been a bit different it's been absolutely awful i won't sugarcoat it it's been different to our usual seasons but not in a good way um obviously the last time we played brentford was fa was the fa cup game um since then that was uh, i think that was lampard's first game in charge as well since then it's been a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde sort of season. After that, we'd been on a we'd had a couple of bad losses, lost to Newcastle, Southampton, got absolutely thumped at Tottenham five nil. Um, Palace thumped us in the cup as well as the game after Brentford. Um, but then from United onwards, we've managed to beat United. Drew against Leicester. Obviously, we lost the derby. I think nine out of ten Everton fans would have told you that was going to happen, but it was only two nil. Um, beat Chelsea, beat Leicester away. That was our first away win in absolutely ages as well. So that's one monkey off our back. Our away record is probably was probably about as bad as Norwich's, who were right down at the bottom of the table. Uh, that Brentford game, like I said, was Lampard's first one in charge. Um, since then. <laughs> Uh, there was a lot of optimism when he was in charge. A lot of fans were clamouring for him. Um, I wasn't one that he wasn't my ideal dream pick. I think he was the best of a bad bunch when it was either him, Vita Pereira, or Wayne Rooney. Um, two of them, Frank Lampard and Wayne Rooney, are quite inexperienced, and Vita Pereira, it just seemed like a disaster waiting to happen. Um, since then, though, like I said uh, before, he, the first couple of games I was a little bit worried. We're playing a high pressing like style that we just don't have the players or capability of doing. Since then, Lampard's changed it up. We've got a little bit more pragmatic. We're a lot more defensively solid first, still creating the same amount of chances, but we've just made ourselves a little bit more solid. We've had some big wins um, on this in the last couple of weeks as well. Last month, he's really impressed me with the fact that he's changed it's something Rafa Benitez didn't do um he realized his is the style he was implementing isn't working and he changed it and I, you got to give him credit for that um it makes me seem that even though he's quite young in his career if that if is that if that's his approach that he will change things that aren't working I think he is going to be quite a good manager uh in the future um whether it be at us or somewhere else 
Um, obviously, as well, there's a lot that's changed since the last time we played Brentford. Um, as for as much as Lampard, with even more in the relegation battle, um, we've had some stinking stinker losses. Um, we've had some owner trouble. We've had protests, um, uh, which I imagine will continue just because of five hundred million we've spent in the last five years since the new owner, and we've got nothing to show for it. Um, the club's really uh, in a mess. But since then, and obviously the Ukrainian invasion, uh, Russia invading the Ukraine, Uzmanov, who was our main sponsor, is USM was our is our main sponsor. Pulled that we've pulled them. Um, there are rumours that Uzmanov was really financially backing us so it'll be interesting to see what we do in the summer financially without that big backing uh, I think it's the right choice by Everton though to pull him um, his his sort of uh, history is a little bit um, uh, a little bit shadowy at the best um, but obviously the Russian invasion as well I think it was the right call for the club to just take the sponsor off Um off Goodison and off all our kits and just don't have it and obviously he's sanctioned as well um, which I, I think is the right call as well um, but I do believe the protests will continue it, um, at Farhad Majiri I know we've got the new director of football Kevin Felwell who's made changes already um, and obviously Frank Lampard in there's rumours we're going to sell probably Richarlison maybe Pickford and Dominic Calvert-Lewin to get a big kitty in the transfer to spend so that'll be Thelwell's first transfer uh, window, which is interesting enough. But we'll have to wait and see how that goes. Um, the protests, I think, will continue anyway. I think the I think the fans are unhappy with the board, with the owner, and we want to see a bit more change than just a new face uh, in the director of football and in the manager's chair because they're just two that I think they're hoping the fans will blame first. And this goes a lot deeper than Lampard and the new director of football. But fingers crossed we can stay up um, and then next season look to build. Um, like I said, the last time uh, we we played, I've mentioned Brentford in the Cup uh, when we played them. Um, and it was good. It was good. It was really good for Lamp Frank Lampard. I think that was his first game bounce, realistically. Um, you know, 4-1 win. A lot of... It was really, really impressive. Um we lost obviously we lost to Brentford uh, earlier on in the season due to a Tony penalty um the league's a bit different i think now the FA Cup as much as it's the FA Cup and we'd like to win it i think now we've got a bit more to play for because it's about survival uh, instead of the FA Cup you know realistically we weren't guaranteed to win the FA Cup from that one game it wasn't the final but now while you're at the bottom every final game feels like a cup final so I feel like the players, hopefully, and the fans have been showing that we really need this. So it'll be interesting to see how we turn up against Brentford. And at home at Goodison Park, I imagine we'll see same um, picture, the same sort of images that we saw with Chelsea. Fans greeting the bus, the flares, the pyros, the singing. I imagine we'll see all of that as well, the coach welcoming. Um, but um, yeah, in terms of Brentford, uh, I've been... I've been watching them uh, closely because it's a team I quite like. I quite like how they're set up. Um, I think they get into the Premier League was an overachievement. I think staying in the Premier League, which is something they're going to do, is a massive achievement as well. Um, it's been interesting. There, were a, there was a part where, obviously, they start the season well. That win over Arsenal was incredible. Um, it was like the first game. 
And then I think it's fair to say Brentford got lost in the wayside a bit. They had a couple of tough defeats. They went on a really long list of defeats. Um, and then I realistically thought Brentford, we could leapfrog Brentford and they would have been dragged in the relegation zone. But then the last mm, two months, a month, um, possibly two months, we've seen Brentford win against Norwich, Burnley, Chelsea 4-1 was an absolutely incredible uh, score. Beating Southampton as well, who are, an, are a decent enough team. Um, Christian Eriksen enjoying an absolute, um, you know, an absolute peer, great purple, uh, great period at the minute. He's looking back to fine form. Um, I think I think it shows what a signing can do as well. I think he's just um, watching Brentford when they were going through that tough time. Uh, in the least disrespectful way, it looked a bit one-dimensional. Hit it up to Tony, hope for the best. Certainly looked that way when we played Brentford in the cup. But Christian Eriksen just adds that bit of magic and finds something out of nothing. It's been really impressive to watch. Um, and I, I I really enjoy watching him as well. Obviously, he had his cardiac arrest in the Euros. Everyone thought he was going to be done. He's had some sort of piece, uh, pacemaker put in. Brentford took a gamble. There were clubs that were rumoured, but I think everybody was a little bit scared to touch him because of his health issues. Brentford obviously did their medicals well enough said yeah he's fine to play took the gamble and it's paying off um brilliantly it's a really nice to see him play he seems like one of the nice guys of football so to see him back playing football especially when you look at the likes of Sergio Aguero who unfortunately is retired um it's a sh- and you know Mwamba when he had his cardiac arrest had to retire it's such a shame um and now you're seeing Christian Eriksen enjoying playing football again um, so as a neutral, watching it from the outside in, obviously he's, he's a lot more experienced now as well. Um, I'm enjoying watching him play. I think it's brilliant for him and for Brentford. I think it's a big name as well in that Brentford lineup. Christian Eriksen's a huge name to have and it gives the fans a chance to see a sort of superstar. Um, and a superstar who's coming up trumps. Um, um, but yeah... Like I said, this game means a lot for us, relegation-wise. Um, I am honestly, it's very tough. Um, I didn't think I. I thought, like I said, I thought Brentford might get sucked into it, but then that the last month has just absolutely helped Brentford uh, steer well clear. I think that I think Brentford are probably safe now. Um, I think they're definitely safe. Um, it just shows what a great signing can make and what happens when you get recruitment right. Uh, I think we've got enough about us as well. I think Leeds are in a lot of trouble. Um, Burnley, I think, will be safe. We will be safe, I hope. Um, I really hope, now I've said that. But um, no, I think Leeds are in a bit of trouble, aren't they? They've got tough games and they've now got players out, players injured. It's a really tough job for Jesse Marsh and I think Leeds will be going down to the Championship. Um, so it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting, but I do, I do feel like it. Uh, obviously, Brentford fans uh, will be hoping Leeds go down as well. Um, there was that rivalry, wasn't there, in the Championship where they were saying mind the gap, Thomas Frank, which Ivan Tony's now recently tweeted out as well. Um, I think it's um, in- I think it's interesting. Um, Leeds fans have been in the Premier League. Um, this season and and fans have been back and 
Um, I, I, I personally don't think they've um, done themselves any favours, some of them. I think, um, yeah, I don't think they've done themselves any favours. Obviously, in the Championship, they were they were sort of trouble as well, weren't they, with the creep, keep crying Frank Lampard as well. So Frank Lampard would love to get one over on them from his derby days. Um, Brentford play Leeds uh, last game of the season as well. Um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that the like sort of bad blood between them would lead Brentford on to beating them. I think by then, no leads are probably gone anyway. I think realistically, we're about a win away from being safe. I think Burnley will be safe as well. I think by the time the end, uh, the end of the season comes, Leeds will already be uh, relegated. So it'll just be one where Brentford fans will probably just enjoy giving stick to Leeds fans. It'll be um, a nice change, I think, for Brentford fans because they'll be able to give it up now, knowing that they're safe and Leeds have dropped into the uh, they've dropped into the Championship already. Um, I, I'd say for this game coming up, the Everton Brentford game, the players that Brentford should be looking out for, um, I would say probably it's hard not to say Richarlison. Um, and Anthony Gordon, they're absolutely fantastic. Uh, Richarlison's a great goal scorer. Anthony Gordon runs at players. Um, he's not scared to take them on. Um, it'd be hard not to mention Jordan Pickford as well. He's not exactly a danger because he's not going to score. Uh, in terms of he's not going to score, but he's, his ability the last month or that, he's been good all season, but I think the last month or so, the media have started to pick up on it. Fans of other teams have started to pick up on it. He's having one of the best this second half is probably the best period I've seen Jordan Pickford play in an Everton top it's the Jordan Pickford you see for England almost it's really impressive um so I'd say he's one to watch as well for Brentford because you're gonna have to do something um pretty good pretty spectacular to beat him at the form he's in but Richarlison and Anthony Gordon I think cause problems um Players, uh, players who I think we could, who we have that I think could do better, is a bit, um, it's a bit tough at the minute. They're all playing well. I still think our centre backs are a bit susceptible to mistakes. Uh, Michael Keane and Mason Holgate, Yerry Mean is out injured, and we're a lot better when he plays. I think our back, our back two in centre back are a bit susceptible, so maybe they're the ones you want to put real pressure on. Ivan Tony's a big physical striker isn't he he's going to enjoy that battle I'd be much more confident if it was Yerry Mina because he's a big lad as well who loves that sort of battling um, Just you can just ask Kai Abertz that um, but because he's out Ivan Tony, I think is going to have a little bit of fun if he's on form um, I'm hoping obviously I'm hoping we win um, I'm hoping we can beat Brentford just because we need the we need the win Brentford I think is safe regardless but we're not, you know, we're not guaranteed it yet. I really do hope we win for that alone. We really need it. My score prediction, I'm going to say 2-1 to Everton. Um, yeah, I'm going to go 2-1 to Everton. I think hopefully we've got enough about us. I think Brentford have got a goal in them, though. So I think 2-1. Um, I'd, I'd, like I said, I, I quite like Brentford. I'd love to give them a little bit more than that, but... When your team's in a relegation battle, and you know you can't you can't hope other teams get a draw or whatever, you've got to be pretty ruthless in it. And I hope we win. Um, but that's me, Connor Williams from the Toffee Blues. Um, we're talking about the Brentford game. I hope you've enjoyed, uh, and all the best for the game as well to all the Brentford fans travelling up. 
Um, I'm sure you'll absolutely love the experience. Um, it's fantastic. Um, so all the best. So there you go, Connor from the Toffee Blues podcast. And listen, Frank Lampard, you know, he's possibly thinks going to turn it around for them. He's got to be confident. I think Everton fans have actually started getting behind their team. Um, now, I know when they came down to us, they were, and I'm not saying it disrespectfully, because I think you probably said the same, they were, they were the, the worst fans that had come down in terms of support, because they were so just violently anti the club and everything that was going on, they sort of didn't get behind the team. So the, the, the support, you could tell, it just kind of wasn't there. And then we, we lost to them and there's all sorts of fingers and swearing, everything like that going on because they were really, really angry. But in the last few weeks, they've actually really got behind their team and they've just realised if that stadium gets behind their team, it's going to be rocking. And uh, that really does help the team. So that's going to be... Uh, we, we're going to walk into a bit of a cauldronous atmosphere on Sunday, Laney, which, which could be actually quite exciting. We quite like that, don't we? Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's, it's, it's an incredible um, old stadium. Um, and, you know, I, I've, I, I've got some real good Everton mates. I'll be hopefully meeting up either on Saturday or Sunday. Um, Stan Osborne and Nathan O'Hagan, who, you know, um, I, I, I'm definitely going to share a couple of beers with them. Yeah, Lampard's Lampard's kind of turned it around uh, just exactly at the right time. You know, whether whether he's the long-term saviour of Everton and he can take them from relegation kind of uh, contenders to, to competing back at the top, I, I personally doubt, but... You know, his wins against Man United, Chelsea, Leicester, and a point against Watford this week. It's probably going to be enough if if Leeds carry on their calamitous form, which it's there's, there's little sign that that, that 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 Leeds are going to you know have enough there to to to, to stop what is an inevitable slide out of the division. So you need you need Burnley to to to, yeah. to do their thing as well. Yeah, I, 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 again, I, I think you know that they've got they they've got an extra game in hand on on Leeds as well. The, you know, this Everton and Everton and uh, Burnley have got three games left, and, and Leeds have just got the two. Um, you know, one's against us, one's against one's against Brighton, and then Neil Morpay will have have his usual goal. I would have, I would have thought against Leeds and, and give it the large as he always does. So um, yeah, oh, that's, sorry, that's that's for the Everton fans who may be listening. We're not sure if you are, but um, Neil Malpay loves to score against Leeds and then run to the end where all the supporters are and stand with his hands held out wide and literally just stand there while all the bottles and everything like that comes throwing, comes piling over to him and he will just stand there and he's done it literally every single time. He even did he it he even did it when there was no fans in the ground, if you remember. That's right. yeah. he, he went to the Leeds end. Uh, there were no Leeds fans in the end. And he, gave, he still gave it. Yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant. So he's, he's a proper character. He's you know shit shit hells, a professor shit house. That's, that's what I that's what I call him. Um, so yeah, I'm, lo- I'm really looking forward to the, the trip up to uh, to Liverpool this weekend. Um, I, I think it, it, yes, it's going to be a cauldron. I don't think it's going to be as much of a cauldron as it as it would have been if uh, if, if Leeds had got a couple more points, three more points on the board. I think Everton they won't relax, but they think I, I think that they will be right in in uh, you know thinking um, that they're probably going to be safe. I, I think they are now. Um, Leeds are, Leeds are the ones that are going to 
drop out of this division, mate. Okay, I mean, I'm not I'm not counting any chickens at all, and that's why I haven't put anything out. I haven't said anything about anything at the moment now. I think even speaking to our Liverpool fans, they said Everton getting the point last night against Watford, they feel that even they feel that they're going to be safe. They thought if that didn't happen, then they'll still be in a little bit of danger. I mean, just looking at this match, Laney, I mean, look at what Everton's characteristics are. I mean, their strengths are, are creating long shot opportunities and also creating scoring chances. So that's what they're good at. Their weaknesses, though, uh, keeping possession of the ball, finishing, scoring chances, aerial duels, they're weak, defending counter-attacks, they're weak, defending set pieces, they're weak, and avoiding individual errors, they're very weak. Okay, what they do is they take a lot of shots, they play with width, they like their long balls, they try to cross the ball often, and they are aggressive. Um, top players, as we know, Richarlison's top scorer with eight goals, then we've got Gray with five goals, Gordon with four goals, Calvert-Lewin with three, and Townsend with three goals as well. So um, that's Everton, but the thing about it is that it's almost like there's a little mini-league table going on. So you can look at that but you know, over the season, but overall it's really about sort of kind of these three or four matches for them. So they can sort of kind of change what they do in a sort of short space of time, which will make a big big difference in it yeah they, I mean they've got some quality players here I mean this, this is the mystery of Everton isn't it you know you, you look at their squad and you look at the starting lineups and you, you're wondering why why the hell are they down there you know you know Jordan Pickford's been on incredible form the last few games um, you know Anthony Gordon is a, is a, is a cracking cracking little player um, you know Damari Gray we knew all about him from his Birmingham days Richarlison you know, again, Calvert Lewin is he's, he's, he's kind of back into the frame again. Dele Alley, he's not even getting a start. Um, you know, there, there, there's some real stars in, in that team, and it, it, it's as baffling to me, and as I'm sure it is to the Everton fans. You know, that they they should looking at that team, the Toffees fans should be guaranteed more success this season. They shouldn't they shouldn't be down um, down at the bottom, but they are. Um, so they they've literally shown enough character about them right right at the last knockings um, to to hopefully see them over the line. I, I don't want to see them go down, um, but you know it's, it's still it's still not as you say it's still not nothing should be taken for granted yet. No, I mean talking about taking for granted. I mean Brentford. I mean against Southampton we played and I got the wrong acronym and I apologise for that, but I was put on the spot. I put MPH instead of NYC and I talked about him in the post-match podcast which is Nathan Young Coombs but I thought oh no uh, it's a double barrel name man oh yeah <laughs> Mars Pert Harris like you know and I got corrected by quite a few people about that so apologies about that but anyway Nathan Young Coombs made his debut um, against Southampton you know he came on he, he did run around like a bit of a sort of kind of like you know a kind of hat uh, cat caught in the headlights a little bit and again it's not a disrespect but he just did he's, he's doing his pressing and trying to do his thing didn't see the ball much but he made a Premier League debut after coming out of our B team which is a good thing now the question I'm going to say to you because listen we are in the position that we are lately though but do you think Thomas Frank would say tell you what this is a great opportunity for me to give a, a few more sort of B team and sort of kind of like less experienced players a game do you think he might do it against Everton no I, I, I don't, um, and I, that's not being a killjoy. Um, I, I just don't think that in this division you can switch off for a minute. And uh, I, I, maybe a couple of places on the bench um, just for the experience. And I, I'm always up for that. And it always it always baffles me sometimes. It's been two or three times this season where we haven't we haven't had a full bench. Um, 
you know, probably during back in the COVID times, and you always wonder why you don't just give the youngsters a, you know, a, a journey out. But I mean, that was probably explained why you want to keep the two squ- squads kind of separately. But um, I, I think I think being in and around that first team environment, um, going to these big stadiums. Uh, um, being running out into this, into you know, running out and, and training and, um, and and kicking the ball around in front of your travelling fans, I, th- I think yeah, that that would be great for the for the youth team. Um, but I think you know, MYC might get more minutes, but it, it will be from the bench. Um, I think there's you know, I think there's other players there uh, that you know, Josh De Silva, he he needs more minutes. Um, Fosu, you know, he, he probably deserves more minutes. Rosleff has not done much wrong all season. He probably get, deserves a bit more minutes. Shandon Baptiste, he's had a frustrating um, season. Um, you know, we've got Julian Janvier, um, who's back in back in the matchday squad, but you know, he's nowhere near getting a start. He's almost like the forgotten man at Brentford. Uh, so um, yeah, there, there, there's a, there's enough. 18 players there that need more need more minutes as well because some of them are going to be moving on I probably would have thought yeah I mean just coming back to talking about stats talking about the season as it goes I mean Everton in the uh, in the Justice League as they call it they're 8th from bottom which is uh, 12th or 12th in the Justice League okay so uh, like I said they're 8th from bottom you know it doesn't reflect their actual position so they're creating quite a lot of chances but they're actually not putting them in the back of the net so you know they're a a team to watch out for because if they're on form they can actually do the business you know as opposed to Leeds who are two places below them creating still sort of decent chances you know better than Newcastle Burnley Watford Leicester and Norwich but not putting them in the back of the net but that I mean I'd say that that was over the whole season I don't know what it's looking like over the past few games as well Brentford as you know we're at the top one two three four five six seven eighth we're eighth in the Justice League just just uh, above Crystal Palace just below Crystal Palace Tottenham Arsenal Chelsea Liverpool and Man City and higher than Brighton Man United West Ham Villa Southampton Everton you know so we're doing okay and we're again we're underperforming we're, we're you know we're we're we've got the chances but we're not putting them in the back of the net so our position is actually lower than it should be but what I think is really interesting it's not that interesting but it's interesting enough is um, how this table has changed because we're talking about the relegation battles and I think Everton fans will be kind of really happy with this I mean we talked about at Christmas time Newcastle were 85% chance of relegation where they were at Christmas time and I think Leeds United I haven't even checked it but they were they were well out of it you know what I'm saying Leeds were out of it you know um, Everton were out of it as well you know it was Burnley it was Watford it was Norwich you know those are the teams that were kind of in it you know and even Brentford we didn't get dragged into it I think the worst we got dragged into it was 25% chance of relegation and that was in the middle of that horrible nasty period and I think it was in February 25% before that we were 10 and 8 and 6 and 4% chance of relegation Leeds United like I said to you, they were 37, 40, and now they've been dragged right into it where they're third from bottom now. And uh, uh, 538 has got them down as a, hold on a second, he just says that because his eyes has lost, 65% chance of relegation at the moment now for Leeds. You know, they've got them finishing on 36 points. They're on 34 points at the end of the season. They've got them finishing on 36. So they reckon they're going to get two draws their last two games against uh, Brighton and against Brentford. So if they get one result, if they get a win at one of those two, it's going to change that dramatically. Whereas Everton, they got finishing on 30... Uh, Burnley, they got finishing on 37 points, who are 29% chance of relegation. And then they've got Everton finishing on 39 points. They're actually currently on 36, so 39 points with a 6% chance of relegation. So they've got them winning 
Um, either way, either drawing. Uh, they've only got two matches left, haven't they? So, uh, was it three matches? So, probably drawing them all. I don't know. But anyway, anyway but that's it. But um, that's quite interesting. But also, it it, play, it lays quite a lot on this season for Leeds' game against Burnley because that's going to affect us. That's going to affect everything about how we play and what we do and how we set up. And even all the pubs apparently are home fans only for the Leeds game in a in, in a week's time at Brentford. That never happens. We've never had a home fans only. We always allow fans everywhere, but you know it sets things up quite massively. That game at the weekend, doesn't it, Laney? Yeah, it's, it's huge. Um, you know, Bright, Brighton of Brighton are in as I said, they're in really red hot form. Um, they actually smashed Man United um, at their place last weekend. That they all want to finish the season on a high. They've already got as many wins under their belts as they've ever had in the top flight. They're, they've they've cemented their place for yet another season. For us, you know, we we all want to finish as near to the top ten as we can. Um, I think we'll finish just outside it. I think it's probably. There's definitely another three points here. There's probably four points. Probably four points is is my forecast for, for Brentford for the last two games. Six points would be incredible. Um, but I, I think I, I'm, I'm thinking we finish 11th or 12th, with it, which means it sets us a, a, a barometer and a, and a line in the sand for improving. We have to go top 10 next season that, that's where we need to be and I think I think we can improve upon what we've done this year with, with a bit more experience in, in, the, in the team and a bit more bit more confidence in our own ability which I don't think has dipped that, that much this year but I mean it's, you know that stinky run in the middle is something we have to iron out because we would have been definitely top 10 if we'd have picked up six more points in, in that in that horrible run of, uh, of defeats so yeah um, it, we have to finish the season strong and you, you know that, that Leeds game um, you know, it's we'll, we'll talk about it next week, Bill. We'll talk about it next yeah, week. We will. And 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 just quickly, I just want to say finally, and I, I just want to point out, you know, with my mathematical genius that I am, <laughs> this is where you pluck out the points where you think this actually doesn't all add up. So five thirty-eight has got us finishing on forty-six points. We're currently on forty-three points. We've got two games to go. Right, we've got two games to go, and they've got us picking up another three points, which basically means that we've got to win one and lose one. So we either win at Everton, lose at Leeds, or win at Leeds and you know, and, and win at Leeds and lose at Everton. But we get to pick up three points. However, with Leeds United, they've got them picking up two more points. Okay, which is a draw against Everton, a draw against uh, Burn, um, Brighton, and a draw against us. So uh, it doesn't quite match up there, does it, Laney? <laughs> no, there's a little bit of a discrepancy there. Yes, I have to admit, but um, so, uh, I don't think they're going to get any. But there you go, that's me. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So anyway, listen, right, so just coming back to the Everton game, like I said to you, we've told you what we're doing, we're going to be partying, if anyone's up there, come and join us for a drink, the Liverpool fans are coming up, they'll be meeting on the Saturday or the Sunday, um, but let's go back to the game, Laney, give us a score prediction. Uh, I think Brentford are going to lose 2-1. Okay, I'm going to go for a one-all draw in that match as well, so I'll be, I'll be happy with a draw, you know, and go into the final game quite relaxed, but as we say... This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on all good podcast channels and also uh, write us a review. Thanks very much for listening to us. We've had a bit of a chinwag. We've very much enjoyed it. Like I said to you, go back and check the International Bees podcast. It is not time dependent at all. So you very much enjoy that and Pride of West dot London. Whatever else is going on. Buy us a beer. Know, buy us a beer. Yeah, buy us a beer. Um, <laughs> Besotted.com forward slash beer that's very much as well um like i said to you uh, thanks very much for everybody for well, there's loads of books out greville's book we've got you know jb's book lady's got book everyone's got book in fact i'll probably write a book i'll write a book i'm gonna write a book one next week and you can buy that one as well like i'm saying you know billy's big book 
That's right. Don't forget to MND. Don't forget to give them lots of money as well. Also, we've got a little Rob, actually Rob Rowan charity as well. Besotted.com forward slash heart. If you want to just give some money to that, to the Rob Rowan um, heart charity as well. Um, you know, COI, which is, uh, uh, which is uh, the, the, the heart cardiac charity. Cardiac risk in the young. Cardiac risk in the young. That's it as well. But other than that. It's we've got, got fully right. acronymed up, haven't we? That's moment. right. I tell you, there's too many acronyms for me. NPH, BBC, BFC, everyone we've got RAC. it's all going on that's right no surrender so anyway but like I said I'm Billy Grant here and I've got the lady men house see you later mate see you, see you on uh, Saturday see you on Saturday see you on Saturday the trainer come on you bees come on you bees C-O-Y-B isn't that is that yes that's an acronym yes you like that yeah thank Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you Impress No Glue Press On Manny's and Impress Press On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press On Falsies. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.